0: Hello, folks. We got a great show with you. Today, we got Behold, Behold, Behold a Boom-Basticast. So, uh, Matt, you know what I I, I, I found very interesting is that we got a lot of people uh, that uh, uh, were talking, uh, putting things on our page about the... Infamous uh, slap heard around world, uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And one of the things that I noticed and we both talked about is that it, it came up. A lot of people thought that it was staged, that uh, they specifically did it as a way to uh, boost ratings. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about our feelings about that and all that. Um, how, how do you feel on the idea that it was staged?
1: Well, you know, I, I'm 50-50 on it. Yeah, Will Smith got angry, but he's an actor, so, you know, you'd think he'd be able to put on a good performance. When he's approaching, there's a lot of smiles going on, like I said before. Um, there's <clears throat> There was another a cell phone video footage released of a different angle. And with that angle, you see Chris Rock kind of, you know, getting his, like, preparing his stance, for a slap. Like, he knows he was going to take it. But at that point, it's like, I don't think, you know, it's very possible that Chris Rock just didn't know what was going to happen, and for all he knew, Will Smith was going to give him, like, a Hollywood, you know, tackle or a noogie or something crazy, and he didn't know what was coming. Um, I mean, it's possible, you know, and, and then with the Academy Awards being in on it, it's possible because everybody, people that don't even care about the Academy Awards, know that the Academy awards are fucking doing horrible with numbers and everything and just relevance in the world. And this has got everybody fucking talking about the Academy awards. So do I think that they wouldn't go that take a low blow like that in order to get ratings? I absolutely think they would, I think they would sacrifice babies at the altar if it meant ratings, you know what I mean? So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I do kind of feel it's real. Um, as the things unfolded, you know, April Fool's Day has passed us, so I uh, no longer think that the possibility of "Hey guys, April Fools!" Uh, but yeah, uh, and, you know, today it just came out that he just got ten-year suspension from the academy. That was his punishment, so he can, uh, I guess, no longer be a part of the board, or yeah. Uh, no longer maybe be nominated. I don't know how that works. If it, if he can still be nominated and stuff like that and win awards, then I think it's kind of a pointless punishment, but if he can no longer win awards, then I do kind of feel like 10 years of that is kind of unfortunate for him and a punishment, you know, worthy of the crime, if you will. Um, Because as an actor, an actor who, an actor who, realistically, I think just received his first Academy Award. So it'd be safe to say that he'd probably have, you know, maybe two or three more awards coming to him in this ten years if he can pick the right project. So now he, you know, if they're going to take, if he's being taken out of the running for that, then that could that could that's going to hurt his career for sure. But I don't know the full facts on whether or not he he can't be nominated or if he just can't be on the board voting because if he just can't be on the board voting, I mean, at the end of the day, who cares? I think a lot of those Hollywood people behind the scenes appreciated the fact that he, he fucking did that. I know a lot of people were vomiting in their seat, supposedly vomiting in their hat because it was so intense for him. But um I think a lot of those people, liked it I think the year before or whatever where Ricky, Ricky Gervais got up there and fucking annihilated people and made people that are surrounded by yes men co- tell them they're stupid and fucking evil and all this shit to their face. I think the, 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 they didn't like that at all. But they know that the society likes seeing it enough to keep it. So I think the celebrities actually appreciated, even though it was a crazy outburst, I think the, the celebrities, the Hollywood people that are getting regularly made fun of and stuff like that, I think they appreciated somebody kind of taking a stand against this because, yeah, it's going to change things. People are going to be a little more cautious about what they say and make jokes about. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if next year at the Academy Awards there's a new rule where you don't make fun of the celebrities. Make fun of situations, current events. You can maybe poke fun of a character in a film but don't take personal shots at celebrities. So I think that Will Smith was almost a martyr for the celebrityhood. Uh, that's what I think the overall outcome will be. And depending on whether they'll let him be nominated uh, during that 10-year span, the, the, uh, that's where the true question of, you know, cons- conspiracy conspiracy lies, whether, uh, you know, he's going to be affected by affected by this. What do you think?
0: Well, I mean the thing is that um personally I w- would I think that it w- would be out of the question for them to stoop low to do something just to get ratings no I mean I would not be surprised I definitely don't think it was it in this case um for uh, the fact that um I mean, I was, I was reading something where uh, someone made a comment that I guess Chris Rock made uh, it public knowledge uh, a few years ago that he has a hard time reading physical cues. So that's one of those possibilities of why it looked like he was leaning in because he was, you know, he was up there, he was doing the show, he was doing a bit, and all of a sudden Will Smith's coming up, and he doesn't know what, what's going on, and, and of course, like we said, Will Smith looks like he's smiling, so Chris Rock uh, could have thought that Will was going to come up, either, you know, uh, give him a hug, or do some kind of joke, maybe grab the mic from him to, you know, uh, rib him or something, And and, and the thing is that uh, I mean the slap really. I mean not only, of course, it was bad for Will, but it's a bad look on the academy. And one of the main reasons a lot of the people aren't, you know, tuning into the academy, especially now, especially yeah. after the whole pandemic and all that, is the fact is that first of all, we all know that those who win and all that is less about the quality of the projects and it's more about, you know, the politics and who owes what to whom and and all that. I mean I mean we've known that for years, but it gets to a point where we're kind of like we're tired of it. You know, watching, you know, these rich people, you know and and celebrities you know standing up there, you know, promoting these causes while they're you know, uh, good causes, you're kind of like, you know, uh, promoting this, but you still have no sense of... I mean, going up there and saying that we should, you know, protect women or, you know, fight for people's rights is true and what we should be doing, but all of these people are just talking about it. They're not doing anything about it. I mean, going up there and saying that we we should be doing this is... Cool, but it's it's pointless if you don't put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Right. And that's all we get. I mean, when Ricky Gervais was up there, and it was great, uh, 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 I think, because, you know, they do need to be roasted. They do need to be knocked down a few pegs. and uh, And maybe you're right that it's – but here's the thing. I want to see next year. I want to see – if they even if they get a host. I think honestly all comedians, all all people that they would have gone for a host, I think they should boycott it next year. You know, why don't you just have why not have here's a great thing. Will's punishment should be he has to host the Oscars next year. Honestly, I would pay to see that. Harold Smith punishment, dude. that sounds like pushing that's more that's pushing
1: Willie to America more. I don't know. Oh, it's a weird. It's
0: a yeah. Yeah, it'd be it'd be funny. I put Will up there and tell him, okay, dude. You know, you got you gotta do a song and dance and keep us entertained, right? I mean, it, it, it's like I said. Honestly, the way I see uh, with with the Academy Awards and all of that, I'm like, I'm all. I mean, all right, Well, we. I. I. I I have like no interest in it, and I think that they should just, you know, you know, cancel it. <laughs> in my opinion,
1: unless I started nominating Alexander Hawker myself, of course. You know, when of we course, talk
0: of, about, course, of, yeah, of course, yeah, of course,
1: you know what I mean. Um, but, you know, but, we, I mean it was, yeah. a, you know, we were talking about this a little bit and the, the conspiracy factor to it. You know what I mean? Only time will tell kind of what actually happened, whether, you know, I lean, lean more towards it being probably a real deal thing. But kind of uh, it's an interest it is interesting. But me and Hawk were starting to think to ourselves about some of the other conspiracies within Hollywood. You know what I mean? And we always like, you know, fun conspiracy things. You know, we have, you know, there's a show on the network called Behold the Pill Podcast where they get into conspiracies and truth. They're. True crime, all that stuff, and you know we, we were with those guys this weekend, and we had a big discussion of you know kind of Hollywood conspiracies at the good old bombastic media cookout, you know we are doing it big, and uh you know we dove into the old we we googled some up and we we started talking about them, and you know we wanted to address uh, a couple of them, we said that make a fun show at the bombastic cast, so uh without. Uh, any further ado, we won't talk about, and we, we, unless Will Smith or Chris Rock has the other one murdered the way that, uh, I, I, sp- I heard, I heard rumor, I can speculate that Will Smith had Tupac killed for having sex with Jada Pinkett back in the day. That's why Will Smith puts up with all this garbage, because she knows where, uh, she knows where the bullets were purchased. That's just speculation. That's just what I hear. I don't know if I believe, but, Let's dive into some uh some known to be somewhat true uh not like my previous statement about Will Smith killing Tupac Shakur, um but supposedly true stories in Hollywood, you know what I mean, and those stories uh they start and unfold a little bit like this, you know what I mean <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> All right, so Alex, yeah. we got this big list here. Do you, you want to kick off first? Um, sure, why not?
0: About- um, okay, uh, there's uh, this thing, uh, Rennie Quaid yes. and the Star Whackers. Now, this is one that I did not know about, but Matt has said that he has heard about it. I'm familiar uh, with this one, yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, it says here, Randy Quaid, of course, is a Golden Globe uh, winning actor that we know, an older brother of actor Dennis Quaid. Quaid is best known for his roles in National Lampoon's Vacation Movies and Independence Day. In 2009, uh, Quaid and his wife, Evie, started to have some legal problems. Uh, their first run in with the law was in September 2009 when they were accused of not paying a bill for a hotel room. Then in September 2010, they were charged again, this time for squatting and vandalizing a guest house on a property they used to own. Now, the next month, they were arrested in Vancouver, Canada, Canada, for the charges stemming uh, from the guest house incident. It was at this time that they applied for refugee status, but they cited a very unusual reason for wanting to stay in Canada. Quay claimed that he was being victimized by a secret group of people called the Hollywood Star Whackers. The cabal-style group was trying to racketeer money from the quays. The Star Whackers were also involved in the much more sinister plot of killing big-name movie stars so that studios could save money by filling in roles with lesser-known actors. The Quades claimed that the Wackers killed Heath Ledger, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and David Carradine. They also said, as far back as 2005, the Wackers may have been involved with the setting up Michael Jackson, and they were quite possibly involved in his death. The Wackers also framed Mel Gibson, and ruined his career. The Quates also said the Mysterious Group tried to sabotage the career of Jeremy Piven and quite possibly set up Robert Blake. Of course, none of these ever have been substantiated. It is still believed that Quaid and his wife are in Canada where they make and post strange online videos. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. This one was a weird one. I remember... uh I brought
1: this up because we were all going to, I believe, Rhode Island Comic-Con once. And he was scheduled to be there. And I said, he ain't fucking, he ain't going to be there. And you guys were like, what do you mean? He's on the bill. He's on the poster. I'm like, he's fucking like wanted or something. If he, he, you know, the Whacker's going to get him out, dude, if he comes to here. And sure enough, I believe he fucking did. He canceled out. He didn't go. Um But yeah, I, I, this is a wild one. I don't know if this was... um I don't know if I don't, I don't you see the Whackers thing's an interesting deal. I've heard that before with all those celebrities and I don't know. It's a weird deal. It's, it's, it can be looked at two ways. It's like, it's like when privilege stops or something is like what the, is the reality of the whacker or something. Now their issues kind of, it all kind of stems a little bit, I think from like a finance point. That's where, what I vibe from. Whereas, kind of like you could have been someone that was always being comped at hotels and you know every time you went to the restaurant free meals and it just becomes a lifestyle you know people give you free stuff because you're popping you know what I mean they want to be down and at one point that it always comes to an end you know what I mean and I think that he was living the good life for a while and it came to an end. And I think delusion kind of set in with him where he was like, well, what do you mean? I'm not getting this hotel room for free. Oh, what do you mean? You want me to leave? You want me to leave your house, your fucking, your spare, uh, your spare fucking house. Nah, I'm not doing that. Get out of here. What do you mean? You want me to pay for that food? I just ate at your restaurant. Why are you kidding me? I haven't paid for a meal in fucking 20 years. You know what I mean? It's just a male, so I'm going to walk out on it. What are they going to do, fucking call the cops? I think that he got used to a lifestyle. Made him delusional. I think that he could have, you know, there's no question, uh, but no proof of, you know, drugs, being, and alcohol, and shit like that, being involved. But, I mean, it's there. I mean, it's in that world. So, that you know, perversion, you have some perversion in that world, too, that you got to be careful of. That gets pretty dark. I know that him and his wife were doing like I'm having sex on camera uh, and getting put online. If I remember correctly, I don't know if they were doing or if it was just or somebody stole the footage. But I want to say I remember that floating around at some point, uh, like some homemade porn type shit. But yeah, Quaid's an interesting dude. Shit is full, man. Uh, when it comes to that dude's life, shit is full. You need to you need to reevaluate. You know what I mean? Uh, I always appreciated the dude. We're talking about moving earlier, uh, earlier today to today. That film, he's in that. Um, you know, I always appreciated Quaid. He's uh, but even when you watch, like, he's always been kind of tapped out when you watch those old movies, like, he always plays tapped out characters. It's very possible he's just always been a tapped out dude, so that's why he played them so well. And, um, I think that's the case, yeah, but yeah, it's weird. So, what's your overall take of it now that you've read about it? Now that well, you know something about it?
0: Here's the thing yeah. okay, that um, I definitely think Randy Quaid and his wife are uh, probably, <laughs> as you said, tapped out. Yeah, and no. I can definitely see where you say that, you know, they had the high life for a while and then, you know, they don't have it. Um. Now, the idea of the Hollywood star whackers, I have to admit, I find um, actually not uh, too uh, implausible. Um, I, I, I I I do think that they probably wouldn't waste their time with Randy Quaid. Because, I mean, Randy Quaid, uh, even when he was, you know, in his, you know, um, heyday, he wasn't a huge, huge pro, uh, uh, actor. I mean, he wasn't ever in the level of Tom Cruise or a- anyone or Brad Pitt or any of those. Yeah. Um, he was an enjoyable character actor. And the thing is, honestly, if the Hollywood star workers were uh, uh, an actual thing, I don't think that they'd waste their time because I think Randy Quaid, for the most part, you know, uh, with all of his crazy uh, shenanigans and all that, kind of uh, uh, makes anything he says, you know, sound crazy. So they don't have to do anything. They don't have to physically kill him or kill his, you know, reputation because he doesn't have much. To be perfectly honest. The Star Wacker thing, I agree with you, you know, whether I think it's more of a financial
1: type deal, like how Michael Jackson's catalogs were so much more when he's dead, let alone now businessmen or the people raking it in. You know, uh, to go back to like a behold the pill podcast episode, um, nearer my god to thee, the mysterious murder of Sam Cook. Where we kind of talk about how Sam Cook was, you know, we felt that he was under the umbrella, uh, of, of like the big, of like the record label. So they kind of protected him. But once he was no longer in their favor, like he let, they let them, he let him kind of roam into the fucking woods to let Pinocchio roam into the, 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 the fucking, uh, you know, the grounds, the grounds of trouble. And, uh, that's when issues came about and got him, uh, done in. So I believe yeah. in stuff, like, I, I think like that or like, because it's proven that once when people pass, people buy their material, their content, whatever they do, music, film, um, and they're celebrated and there's a boom in there, you know, their thing goes up. And at that point, like they're they're cut out of it, um, depending on contracts and dealings, it could be horrifying, like the families, it could just be at that point, just be the the, the studio system, you know, raking in the money. That's very possible. You know what I mean.
0: Well, I mean it's it's funny because I mean if you look at the the three people that he mentioned: Heath Ledger, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and David yeah. Carradine. Okay, about you know those that people that the star uh, Hollywood star whackers actually killed off. Now, if we're going with. Uh, the whole uh, sam cook thing that we were talking about earlier which Matt brought up is the fact that i mean Heath Ledger Philip C. Hoffman both of them died uh by drug overdose if i i'm correct and yes. David Kadine uh, uh, uh actually died because he uh he ended up killing himself in the sex act right uh now the thing is that these star Whackers, as as Matt said, I don't think that they're actually going out and killing. They're just if if let's say if they do exist and they were to get rid of Heath Ledger, Phil, uh, uh Philip Seymour Hoffman, or David Carradine, I don't think that they actually go out and have a hitman and kill them off. But I wouldn't be surprised if they they take away the umbrella or they set up a situation where they know that the personal demons that they are uh, combating will take over and then end up, you know, unfortunately, uh, rubbing them out. I mean, killing them just to save money, I wouldn't be surprised, but there's a lot of other ways to do that. So I'm thinking that is kind of iffy of the motive. Maybe there's other motives. Maybe there's something else, like they knew something that they really didn't want to take it. Chance that they would leak out. I would more likely go that way. Leak out, rub out, Starwacker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crazy. And the thing is that you know, I uh, I wouldn't be surprised that there is a group like that, which maybe not necessarily killing people off, but you know, if there's someone that those in the higher up think that are too much trouble, finding ways of like messing up their reputation like you know mel gibson you know setting up that situation which of course now i mean gibson's having quite of a great insurgence so i mean the question is that maybe there were some deals done behind the scenes or something like that you never know
1: yeah you know more current times we got like your boy robin williams chris cornell from Soundgarden. Um, the uh, fucking uh, Chester from Lincoln Park, you know what I mean? They, they, those are all people that, uh, the, the claims I've heard the claim out there that, you know, the star whackers, uh, got them the biggest star whacker of all time has got to be David Carradine for sure. <laughs> um, now Tom Cruise's marriage contract, another conspirator out there, you know. Uh, There is no shortage of bizarre rumors about Tom Cruise and the fact that he is legitimately weird guy. Poor guy. Uh, He does not help his case much. One of the most enduring conspiracy theories surrounding Tom Cruise is that he auditions actresses to be his wife. And if he likes them and if they embrace Scientology, he offers them a five year marriage contract. The contract would give the actress a career boost, money, and there would be a bonus if there were a baby born. In exchange, Cruz would look less eccentric and the marriage would dispel any rumors about him being gay. It was rumored that after his 10-year marriage to Nicole Kidman ended, she apparently signed two contracts. She, I hope she got a big sum of money. Uh, <laughs> got her best year as MVP. Uh, Cruz auditioned a number of women and then offered some of them the marriage contract. These women included such notable stars as Sofia Vergara, Scarlett Johansson, who uh, Alex used to date, and Katie yeah. Holmes. What is interestingly is that the theory has a bit of truth to it. Apparently, the Church of Scientology, where Cruz is the second or third in command, I thought he retired, uh, did a number of women, ooh, uh, including soap actress Nazanin Bandandi, who tried out to be Cruz's wife. As for uh, three, the three stars, Cruz did meet all of them but they did not audition to be his wife. They just had sexual appointments. Aye. He was set up on a date with Vergara by fellow Scientologist Will Smith, bringing it back to our boy Will. Interesting. Um, I think that's got a lot to do with it, too. I think that there's a lot of science where there's no more love in that relationship They're trying to stay together for, like, the business aspect, some weird futuristic relationship thing not even not even love but some weird fucking where money is more important and like they can try and coincide as friends but you got to do what I tell you to do and all that it's a fucking I think there's a weird I think the elite have a weird lifestyle that's not used to what other folks kind of live and uh in that sense of it too even in romantic situations and stuff like that just lifestyles that are just weird and experimental and You know what I mean? Just, uh, you know, it's weird. Psychologists are involved in all that type of stuff. It's a weird thing. Um, But yeah, uh, I, you know, Scarlett Johansson and Katie Holmes, when they auditioned uh, for a role in mission impossible three in the end, Vargera and Johansson turned down Cruz. Johansson even dropped out of the movie because of Cruz's strong religious uh, beliefs. Now, Cruz is a short dude. Johansson, I think's pretty tall.
0: You know, which, Well, I mean heck, Nicole Kidman is very tall.
1: Yeah, that must be a I don't know. He he wears the fanciest of lifts in his shoes.
0: Maybe he uh, likes being boob hype.
1: Maybe. Uh home on the Holmes on the other hand married Cruz and it lasted for five years. So she re, she did her contract and got out. She was uh yeah, she was looking for a new team. You know, Cruz has never discussed the possibility of the contract. And he, along with the Church of Scientology, deny auditioning women to be his wife. Now, I can speculate because I don't know too much about it, but I've heard the Church of Scientology is an interesting thing. Um, And it is a hierarchy and stuff, and it's kind of ruled by money, and you pay to play, and, uh, you know, when you're in there, high up, they take care of you. Uh, you can kind of do like, almost like you have a cleanup team around you type deal that just kind of keeps everything cool and all that for you. Uh, Tom Cruise is a dude that I think got lost up in the system. I think that being that big ruins your mind a little bit. Ego can take over and excel and turn into something else. Go even past the point of ego into like a weird re fucking delusional reality. Um, I think he's there, but I, I feel like Tom Cruise is a good dude. I feel like if I if we met him, he'd be very likable and a good dude. I think that he just he's been living such a weird, different life than everybody else for of being a sex symbol, being super famous for acting as well as being a sex symbol. You know, he's been able to kind of get whatever the fuck he wants in every aspect of life. It felt, you know, you can never, you never walk a mile in the man's shoes, so you don't know, but You know, Tom Cruise is one of those dudes that is just like living life to the fullest, to the completest, and uh, no, no stop signs, no, no nothing. Um, So he's just like in a different fucking. He's in a different world, you know what I mean? So I think his head's kind of weird, and I think that those folks that don't, they don't want to believe in like a god or something, but they want to believe in something, so that they're not afraid to go into stuff like that and if they say you've got to pay the price and you're got to pay the price, everybody pays the price for their beliefs one way or the other. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that that's the case, but I like Tom Cruise. We've talked about it before. I don't hate on Tom Cruise at all. I think he's just like, he's been through the fucking mirror, <laughs> you know, and he's in the other side. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I can't hate on him too hard, but I do believe, I do believe this to be true actually. I bet, all this is legit. I think he go he he pays these people to literally run his life probably for him because it's easier that way. While he focuses on his art, you know what I mean, or something wild like that. And uh, they probably set up these people for him, and you know it is what it is. Contracting for five years, maybe it's more like a, a disclosure or something for five years. Like while you're there, you ain't gonna, you're not, you're gonna fucking, you're not gonna divorce me because it's bad in the media. It's going to fuck up my head or whatever when I'm trying to perform these film projects. You know what I mean? It's possible that these things are there, but there's almost, like, good intentions on his part behind him. You never know. I feel like I'm his lawyer defending him or something. But uh, what's your take on this? Uh,
0: Mr. Tom Cruise Control. Yeah, Tom Cruise Control, dude. Tom He's Cruise played. Control. Um. <sighs> I have to say I would not be surprised. I mean, honestly, to be perfectly honest, it uh, makes sense for someone like Tom Cruise to have this kind of marriage contract. Yeah. Um, because uh, I can just imagine how uh, how texting, uh, taxing it might be. Uh, be in a relationship with him. For I mean, you you keep on hearing about all these, you know. Uh, he's always doing these crazy stunts and and just like living on the edge and and the fact is that uh i we're always kind of fascinated about people and their especially celebrities with their um relationships and all that and I mean it's good to look i mean, even. Things are changing and opening it up that, uh, I mean, Tom Cruise has kind of made his name as kind of like a man's man, you know, like the guy that guys want to be like. Mm. So, I mean, whether he's gay or bisexual, I know that thing has been floating around for years. I mean, whether he is or isn't, I mean, heck, whatever he he likes to do. uh, It's not even something to hide. I don't even think it's something to hide. You know I mean? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it'd be a huge boost for his career to come out if it was. A re- but, but, but the question I, I have is, what? How, how does Scientology look at it? That would I mean, be the deal. Yeah. See, the thing is, well, I how don't does he really feel other about than he's trying to I, hide it. all I know about Scientology. It's just some weird, you know, cult religion that you know a bunch of Hollywood people have. If he's trying to hide it, it'd be part of their job for what
1: is what they do to set up ways where he doesn't look appear to be that way. And he, if, if he like really is gay and he's going to them and saying, look, this is the deal or they're telling him the deal, then they're probably they're painting a picture in the media for him, uh, which the the wife and the kids could all be a part of that. And I almost feel like the Scientology deal would probably have him in some type of I think they do like do teachings where you have to do time. You put in a certain amount of time. So he'd probably have to go to like core classes or put in time to work through that almost like uh therapy sessions. But I don't know if they believe in therapy. They could, but I don't, you know, I don't know a lot about them.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard about it and it's just, like I said, it's, it's weird. I mean, but then again, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's one of those things that yeah. uh, uh, the the real question about about yeah. uh, the difference between cult and religion is yeah. the fact that religion lasts longer than a cult for the most part. So I mean, it, so I mean, I the the whole Scientology thing hasn't quite hit yeah. the the benchmark for how long it's supposed to be. For a quote, unquote religion, I forget how long, like, you know, uh, the 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 the, the show running. Religion uh, today, I mean, yeah. Well, the true, but, question. yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said, uh, I Scientology, I think, only came up in the sixties. Uh, 60s or 50s, maybe? Something like that. But the true question
1: is, how many years does a cult have to put in because it's before it's classified a religion?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah Number eight.
1: Number eight, we got uh, the death of Anna Nicole Smith, of course. Which Anna Nicole Smith, you know, she kind of popped up. For anybody that don't get down, Hawk will tell us a little bit about this story. But for anybody that don't really know Anna Nicole Smith, she was kind of a pop celebrity in, like, the two, early 2000s or so. Uh, mainly got her fame from fucking marrying a billionaire dude. She was like a big hottie, uh, of her time, married this rich guy, then kind of just, you know, he was 90 years old or whatever. They were in love supposedly. Um, he died. She became rich. She was already in the media because of he was this rich dude. And she was like a playmate or something. And, uh, she just became kind of like this, you know, right at right at the break of reality TV when that really was taken off, and she kind of became a celebrity. And she's probably one of those first cases of like the no nos of uh, becoming celebrity like real quick, and like she blew the fuck up real quick. And uh, I think that's part of that was part of her issue. But what what do you let, let's hear a little bit about the death.
0: Of Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, so this is what I know. Right. Um, uh, she was born in uh, 1967 as uh, Vicki Lynn Hogan, but uh, we've been known her know her as Anna Nicole Smith. Uh she so first became uh, famous after being named Playboy's Playmate of the Year in 1993. Right. Besides just being a model, she acted in a few films, notably the Cohen Brothers' The Sucker Proxy. And Nikki got 33 and a third, the final insult. What Smith uh, probably is most famous for is her personal life. In uh, 1991, while working at an exotic dance club in Houston, she met 86-year-old oil tycoon J. Howard Marshall. It was pretty spry for a man of his age, if you know what I mean. <laughs> they carried on a relationship for two years while S- Smith was still married. She left her husband and married the billionaire in June 1994. Hey, love has no age or no money, if what, you know what I mean. At what point does it, at what point does her husband
1: come to the come to the the realization that she's going to be leaving him for that billionaire?
0: Uh as soon him. as as he saw the money, man. Yeah, as soon as No Yeah, he gave now a the wink. Now, the billionaire, okay, yeah. dude, the billionaire, he died 14 yeah. months later at the age of 90 and left her half of his 1.6 billion estate. I think she kind of wrote him into the ground, if you know what I mean, or into the grave. Whoa. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, just weeks after Marshall's death, one of his sons sued Smith, saying she didn't deserve the inheritance. Because, I love my daddy, and my daddy didn't love me. I don't know why. In 2002, Smith popped up again on the Pop Culture Radio when she got her own reality show, The Anna Nicole Show. On this show, she often appeared disorientated and confused. Because, well, I mean, all of her brains were in her tits, if you know what I mean it became popular because she obviously was a train wreck and we all love train wrecks on reality TV mm. uh, Whatever, uh, see, and also she would say whatever came to her mind there was like absolutely no filter people liked watching it just to see how much more she could screw up to her basic day to day life but then things in the Smith story took a much darker turn on September 7th 2006 Smith gave birth to a daughter named uh, Daniel Lynn. But tragically, just three days later, her 20-year-old son Daniel died while visiting Smith in the hospital. He died from a drug overdose from mixing methadone and two antidepressants. Hmm. Seven months later, Smith died like her son from an overdose of drugs. Drugs. Well, it is highly possible that Smith's overdose was connected to the grief she felt over her son, there have been a few theories on what actually killed her. Uh, One of the most notable ones was that her lawyer, lover, friend, Howard K. Stern, killed her by constantly feeding her drugs. He certainly did have motive. While they weren't committed to each other, Smith did get pregnant by another man. No one was ever charged for the murder, but Smith's psychiatrist, Christine Irosovich, Uh, were were convicted, trying to give her too many prescription drugs. Stern used fake names to obtain the drugs, and Irovich uh, wrote the prescriptions. In one month, though, uh, through uh, prescriptions, Smith received 1,500 pills. Stern says that he wasn't trying to harm her and was only trying to help her. Also, people wondered if Marshall's son was su- suing Smith, it had something to do with her death of Smith, but it doesn't look like that is the case. However, it does look like Smith did try to hire someone to kill him, though. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I remember like uh, almost at, she was at like the height of her deal. I think she was still popping, and she had the kid. I think she had the kid, and uh, the son died three days after. I remember that being weird and I always thought to myself, I wonder if he I wonder if the kid, if it was like a suicide overdose because he realized that he wasn't like going to be, now there's this new kid in the world that, you know, everybody loves a baby, you know what I mean? And he was like a 14-year-old kid with trouble and easily discarded, I think. I always was wondering from the get-go on that whether that was like a, a suicide overdose or not, but yeah, I remember she passed on not too long after that, kind of the same way. Um, you know the methadone and two antidepressants in a system. I I mixing those drugs, I didn't think would I on paper that doesn't read like it would give you an overdose because your antidepressants you assume are like your daily medicine that you would take like a vitamin, not a, a little more than a vitamin of course, but something you take every day to keep you level. So like you're that, but the, and then methadone Methadone is usually used, I believe, to kick heroin. So that's kind of like not so much fun drugs. You know what I mean? It's almost like he just had a bad reaction to the shit he was uh, taking. I wonder if he was taking any of those uh, un- unsubscribed though, unprescribed. That could be that could be a deal for an issue for him. And the deal with the the lawyer, you know, whenever there's like somebody in a celebrity's life that's you know. Getting them drugs, um, you know. There's always two sides to that that you can take. You can take, yeah, maybe, and it could be, and it could have been both realities of him actually being evil and playing this out. But I think it's more of a, you know, you're dealing with an addict, and if you don't, if they don't get him if 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 she wasn't getting them from him, maybe he was. He knew that at least the shit that he was getting her was clean enough not to, like, you know, fucking spike her out immediately from taking, you know what I mean? So, like, if if it was, some, you know, it's weird. You don't know. Maybe. And if he, you damn well better believe if he said, oh, Anna, I'm not getting you those pills or whatever, she ain't just not going to do those pills. She's going to do whatever she can do or whoever or whatever the deal may be, uh, no matter how ugly it might get. She's going to do whatever she has to do to get those pills. You know, she's not just not going to consume those pills because uh, Howard K. Stern was like, nah, not today, Anna, not today. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think I think she was buried in addiction herself, and I think that the, the loss of her kid definitely fucking put her over the edge and she was going hard. Do I think she'd kill herself off? It's very weird. You know, she had a hopelessness of of, 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 of that she felt she could have and should have done something when he was alive, that could put her in the hole. Like, she just had a baby. So, like, you'd think that'd be hopeful enough to stay around for. But we really don't know the throes of hardcore addiction like that when you're into some shit that truly consumes you. You know what I mean? Um so, like, I don't know where her head was at. Uh, all I know, it wasn't in a good place, you know, so. But I don't think the dude was killing her, try, trying to kill her. Um, from I could be dead wrong, but if memory serves me correctly, from that time, I feel like he was. I remember him being kind of like a positive influence. And I wasn't a big fan or anything of her stuff. But from what I gathered, I uh, I assumed I should go on some shows. and Anna Nicole Smith's funny, I'll finish with this. It's an interesting thing with Anna Nicole Smith because the moment that I realized nothing, that we should, like, <laughs> it said, like, nothing was sacred in a way. I knew before that, but, uh, was when she died and they made a joke of it immediately. Like, I remember there was a time when people would die and there'd be a day or two where people would be like, oh, that kind of sucks. And then maybe you'd hear some jokes. But I remember, like, live, hearing. maybe it was the Opie and Anthony show. It was I was on, So it was some radio show I remember hearing, like, live or later that day or whatever, like, some type of deal where uh, they, like, immediately made fun of it right off the bat. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a new precedent, you know what I mean? But, Next up, my friend, I don't want to take everybody's time. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think you meant the killer. Next up though, uh, Ronnie Chasson, you know, for any of you folks out there that want to be in love one more time. Ronnie Chasson was a famous Hollywood publicist who led over 100 campaigns for movies to win Academy Awards, you know, keeping it current. Uh, some of her most successful campaigns were for driving Miss Daisy, Shakespeare in love, the Hurt Locker, close to 12.30 a.m. on November 16, 2010. Chaston was sitting in her car at the red light in Beverly Hills. Originally, the police believed it was some type of road rage incident involving a truck or an SUV that uh, a killer fired five shots, all hitting her in the back and chest. Two weeks later, the police had announced that they had confronted their suspect, 43-year-old transient Harold Martin Smith, uh, and they did. And he pulled out a gun and shot himself. They tested that the gun, uh, and it was found to be the same one used in the murder. But many people found uh, glaring holes in the police's theory about Smith. So that's very interesting, right there, right off the bat. Uh, that was that's some that's harsh, dude. You know, that's some harsh shit. You know, it, it, it's almost like a, like a hit setup a little bit. But I'll go a little deeper into it. You know, Smith was apparently on a bike. Uh, And he rode seven miles through Beverly Hills to rob Jason. This just didn't sit right with anyone who knew anything about Beverly Hills. That does make sense. First off, Smith was a black transient man who was riding through one of the most policed areas in the country. There is a good chance he would have been stopped or at least seen by the police on the way. But he wasn't, nor was he spotted on any security cameras. Also, how did he bike away after firing five shots without being seen? Then there, it's funny, like, if I was on a bike and I did that, I don't think I, you'd feel like a clown riding a fucking bike. I think I would ditch, I would hit the the woods, you know what I mean? You would get away from any cops that would be coming, you know what I mean? Like, get the fuck out of there. Um, Very weird whole deal. Uh, But, you know, there was a good chance he would have been stopped or at least seen by the police, you know. He wasn't. He wasn't spotted on any security cameras. Also, uh, did uh, how did he bike away after firing? You know what I mean? And there's, there is his victim. Why would he bike seven miles just to rob someone? He didn't have a car. He didn't want to take the transit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were plenty of other easier robbery opportunities along the way. That's true. I don't know. It feels like a hit almost. Like she, she is lost favor with somebody, and somebody was like, This, I could pay this person to do it or whatever. Uh, as for the show, or even if they're celebrities, you can manipulate somebody. You know, if you're, if, 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 if you're, if you're like a nobody with nothing, and I think a celebrity came into your life and befriended you, they could probably get you to do some wild shit if you thought that you were not, you were going to be a part of the entourage, like an HBO show or something. You know what I mean? Uh, very weird stuff. Um, Now, as for the shots, how did he manage to fire off five perfect shots from a bike as Chesson's car moved away from him? That's a good question, too. Even though you would be standing, it'd be the equivalent to standing, you'd just have the pesky bike in between your legs. Gun experts said that the shots were incredibly accurate. Also, in a recreation of the shooting, the angle does not match up with the height of the bike. Then there is the strange feature of the bullets. Uh, they were hollow points. Why would someone like Smith want more expensive hollow points? Finally, neighbors of Smith heard him uh heard him say he was owed ten thousand after the case came to came to light. They just assumed it was for the hit on Chasen, but they also admitted that Smith could have just been delusional. Due to the questions surrounding the murder of Chasen, a number of conspiracy theories have arisen as to who the killed Jason or who had her killed. Some believe it might have been something to do with jealousy over a campaign, which sounds believable. For example, at the previous Academy Awards held in March, the Hurt Locker won for Best Picture, which was a campaign chosen and worked on. While some believe it was a hit by the Russian mafia or a gang initiation, there is currently a reward for information about the case, but the police consider the case closed. Yeah, I mean, it is she, I don't know. I don't know about Russian mafia unless there's a little more involved or gang initiation it could be, but it's a, that's a little more planned out no. than unless she had beef
0: with some gang. No, it, no, no. It's I, more, mean, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, from listening to this now, this is the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, um, I wasn't too familiar with this one. Uh well, here's the thing. Alright, first of all, it's always this transient guy didn't shoot it. Okay. You didn't? You don't think you did? Oh there's no way. No way. Okay, because I mean and and I, I know this is going to sound awful of me saying this. Yeah. But uh him I mean drive uh, on a bike, okay? riding seven miles to rob a specific person, okay? I mean, they're already talking about that even the, the shots of the position of where he would be on the bike to the car don't add up. Also, he's an African-American gentleman, okay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: riding a bike in that area, which is very heavily uh, policed, a lot of security cameras, and it's a majority of wealthy white people. The thing is, he would stick out like a sore thumb. There would, I mean, someone would have seen something, okay? And it's, I mean it's like if if I decide to ride a bike through Harlem, okay? I mean, I would stick out like a, a sore thumb. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it doesn't make sense, and and. Yeah, it just, yeah, there's something definitely more. I mean, I can definitely believe that now, I mean, her whole thing is that she's promoting uh, all these uh, 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 films and they're getting a lot of uh, I mean, heck, if she I mean, promoting the Hurt Locker and that uh, won for Best Picture and that knocked out someone else's uh, uh, contender, I mean there's probably more to it, but I mean, I've heard people kill people for less.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's there could there, I definitely feel there's more. It's more likely politics. It's politics behind the scenes. Maybe someone was cheated out of a role or some uh, cheated out of money. It's a bit. Yeah, oh, oh I
0: mean, I mean the whole Russian mafia or gang initiation. Unless there's a lot more behind the scenes with her and that, I think that's that's like just. You know, speculation. Gang I mean, initi- no one's going to have a random gang initiation over, over up in uh, Beverly Hills because mm-hmm. that would bring too much heat onto the gang. I mean, if there was a gang initiation, same thing with the Russian mafia. Well, maybe they know mean, that
1: how. Maybe they thought it was
0: just a regular lady. You know, you know, but it, maybe she had. Maybe- yeah, but but I mean, she was shot in Beverly Hills. I mean, if 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 they thought oh, it was just a, a random lady, I maybe mean, it then was you know.
1: Related. Maybe it was drug related. Maybe she had a, she had an issue with some sub, substances. Maybe, maybe she had a kid that had some issues with some substance, substances. And then maybe, you know, she had somebody that had owed some money and said, mama, I owe, him, I owe your own money. Mama, I owe 30 grand for the cocaines. And she was like, you know, I put me on the phone with that young man. And he got on the phone. And he's like, yo, what up? Where's my fucking money at? And she's like, we don't get your money, and, and, and nobody should be doing cocaine, so we're not paying for that. Fuck you, goodbye. I make movies. Fuck you, goodbye. And he was like, I'll come see you. I'll come see you about that. And then that was it. And then they they came seeing her about it. They were like, you don't want to pay that dirty lodge? Like, pop, pop, booey, you know. Yeah. And then they looked at the kid. They were like, when you go to your mom's funeral, I want you to remember why she's laying in that box. And they walked away and fucking. Now yeah. he does a lot of arts and crafts. fairs. you know what I mean? It's yeah.
0: All- well, I mean, it the, from the little bit of information we have here, I think it's obvious that and and the fact that they're saying that it, it's all closed and it's a closed case and that they you know just say oh this this guy did, this transient did it. I'm like nah nah dude. I mean the thing was that there's definitely something more behind this. They want to quickly shut, close the case, move on, forget about it. And they just uh, pin it on a poor, poor guy down on his luck. That's how it looks like. And, and of course, I, unfortunately, that's how a lot of uh, people look, is that you know they, they pick a poor person who doesn't have anyone to defend him or come to his aid, and and they, you know drop this on him. Um, I mean obviously from the little bit he probably might also have to some mental uh, mental-ish issues that also probably you know made it, it easier for them to try to uh, pass him off as you know crazy transient that just happens to kill this woman that you know was behind some of the uh, biggest movies and it's like yeah. nah it, it's the thing is the guy was set up Okay, he didn't do it. That's it. I I have an extremely hard time believing that this guy riding a bike seven miles. Okay, shoots her perfectly, and then you know is is just having him picked up, and there's no like actual real evidence that he he did it, other than you know they 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 found him like oh yeah this guy did it. He's the Aldwald of the agency business and
1: in the, in the entertainment business, the behind the scenes yeah. of the entertainment business. Uh, let's jump ahead a little bit. I'm going to have you, uh, you want to talk about the death of Natalie Wood? Ooh, Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood. We all used to be good friends and hang out on boats and party hardy. You know what I mean?
0: On Thanksgiving weekend, 1981, the year I was born, a 43-year-old rebel without a cause and West Side Story star Natalie Wood, Wood was on a weekend boat trip to Santa Catalina Island, California with her husband, Robert Wagner, and Christopher Walken, and the boat's captain, Dennis Davern. Walken and Wood Ooh, walking down the wood. <laughs> We're working on the movie called Brainstorm together on the night of November twenty-nine. Wood, Woods, Wagner, and walking. Oh my God! Three Ws. W, Can you w, w, beat
1: w. that? Www yeah.
0: trouble. Yeah, had been drinking. One of the early versions of the story was that late in the evening, Woods and Wagner got in a fight, and Wagner went to bed alone. Next morning, Wood's body was found floating in the water, and a dinghy from the boat was washed up on the beach. An autopsy was performed, and it was reported that Wood had blood alcohol level of .16, and she was on medication that would have enhanced the effects of the alcohol. It was believed that Woods tried to get into the dinghy and fell into the water, which led to her drowning. Her death was ruled an accident ever since the night. A number of conspiracies arose because of the lack of information and from the fact that some witnesses changed their story. For example, no one claimed they saw or heard Wood enter the water. Then there is a matter of the fight. In 2009 book about the incident, Davern said that Wood and Wagner got in a fight and resulted in Wood's death. He says the fight was over a possible relationship between Wood and Walken. At some point during the fight between Wagner and Wood, he heard Wagner say something to the effect of, Get off my boat! And after she went missing, Davin claimed that Wagner delayed him from calling for help. Wagner, on the other hand, did not admit to fighting with Wood until his 2009 autobiography, and he also admitted that it was about his jealousy of Walken. According to Wagner, he got in a fight with Walken, Wagner smashed a wine bottle, and Wood left. At that time, Wagner thought that she, was, she went to her room. When she wasn't found on board and the rubber dinghy was missing, he said he thought she went to shore. After the allegations of Davron's book, this case was reopened in 2012. The medical report showed that Wood's body had two dozen fresh bruises on it. It also noted that the left arm was especially bruised. She also had an abrasion on her face and a scratch on her neck. After reviewing the case, her death was rude drowning and other undetermined factors. Interesting enough, in 2011, Davins took a polygraph test and it indicated he was telling the truth. And the police say Wagner is not a suspect.
1: Ooh. This one was always a weird one for me. And I was wondering what was going on. It was just how it was two dudes, a girl and a, and a, and a captain. Always and a lot surprised. of
0: friggin' W's.
1: Yeah, I thought there was a, it was a very outnumbered situation. What I gather, what I think happened is, this is what I'll say. And the part where they said that uh, they thought that she'd gone back to shore kind of makes me lead to believe that they were a distance away from land, that it wasn't a crazy thought for her to get into a buoy. So with that, and kind of, you know, go, go to shore. Um, So what I think happened from what I gather has happened is everybody was very fucked up and just couldn't remember the night for real. That's that's truth, but I think what happened in that fucked upness, I think there was beef with her and the boyfriend or husband, whatever, whatever he was, the dude, the Wagner dude. I think that the Wagner dude was a fucking Dingleberry, got violent with her, it had to be broken up by walking. She fr- she got upset. She goes, "Fuck you! I'm out of here." They probably even said maybe it's best if you you know take the Dewey back to land and you sleep at the house tonight we'll keep him on the boat and she left, maybe she f- fell out of the boat and they didn't realize it and drowned so I think that's kind of what happened and he didn't th- drown her, but there was kind of it was a freak accident where yeah, I do think that it was the dude Wagner's fault he kinda made it a bad situation probably he's dead now, so I guess we could talk about it. But Was um, he
0: dead? I thought he was he still alive. He died a
1: couple of years ago, I believe, yeah. Um, Watkins is the only one alive that knows what really happens. He ain't telling nobody. But, yeah, you know, I think that's, that's my take on what I think happened with that situation. You know.
0: You, you agree? Well, I mean, and there's a lot of different possibilities. Um One of the possibilities, I think, that could very much well happen if we are playing devil's advocate that no one really was at fault and it was just a terrible accident, you can play the fact that everyone is fucked up on on alcohol or drugs or whatever they were having at the time. Wagner and Wood got an altercation. He probably pushed around a bit and all that. She's upset with him. And, you know, they say Wagner went down to go to bed, walking also. And as we all know, there are times when people have a a fight with each other and one of them uh, just storms out. And, of course, being on a boat, you can't exactly just storm out. Maybe Natalie Wood was so pissed and wanted to get off the boat and no one was going to, uh, you know, uh, take her to shore. And maybe she decided that while she was still intoxicated under the influence, that she's like, you know what? Screw these guys. I'm going to go to land myself. Here's a dinghy. I I can, can, you know, row myself to shore. And she unfortunately misjudged uh, what she was doing and she fell in and she drowned. I mean, that is a a good, uh, plausible explanation. Or the fact that the fight got out of hand and Robert Wagner, uh, you know, actually, you know, hit her hard enough that she fell in the water and she drowned that way. I mean, the thing is that there's a lot of different possibilities, and like you said, there's only one person alive that really know what happened, or at least knows his version of what happened. And he's yeah. not going to tell anybody. And uh, I'm sure for the most part, he, he uh, tries to forget the entire incident um, um I don't think he I don't
1: think he faults anybody I think he looks at the situation as two people that are very passionate, got very intoxicated. they fight as maybe he's seen them do a million times before um and after the fight, they were cats and dogs he had to break them up and Wagner said it was he maybe he said this is my boat, I'm not fucking going anywhere. And I think that, you know, him being a dickhead, him maybe, maybe saying something like that is, is, is as much to blame, I think, as you can throw on him. I think at that point, you know, unless he was like, leave, get in the boat, then that blame too, but that's still not murder, you know what I mean? And then she got in the boat. Very tragic, su- super sad, you know? Um, but I think that's kind of what happened. And that's why everybody was, uh, you know, whoop, zipped up and, you know, nobody was convicted of anything that happened. I think they're realistically looking at the situation as like, walking, looking at the situation as someone partying with them. This stuff happens all the time. It was a freak accident that she died. He didn't murder her, so he's not going to say that he murdered her, even if they fought that night and things that maybe that was a regular thing for him. Wagner's not going to look at it as murder because he'll, he'll feel guilt of his involvement if he's a human. Um But I don't think he would go think of himself as a murderer either. Um, and I think it was more of a freak accident thing. And I think they were all so fucked up that nobody, realistically, nobody knew. Like, when they say we don't know what really happened, I think that's completely honest. I think it was just partying heavy. Uh, that just, uh, anyway, I'm sure it was more than just alcohol. You know what I mean? I'm sure they were... Uh, cocaine was probably going around marijuana leafs. You know what I mean? Maybe they were even LSD or acid. Maybe it was something even like something that was really hallucinogenic to could really add to a problem of, you know, if you take some fucking acid or something from what I hear and you go on a little buoy uh, and you stand up, maybe if you don't stand up, you're, you're going over. It's fucking, it's a wrap for you. And uh, it's very possible, but that's what I think happened realistically. Uh, so next up, Mirage Men, kid. Uh, I know you get big with them. Now, the theory from English writer Mark Pilkington is that the reason people believe aliens and UFOs exist and have it visited Earth is because the U.S. government wants them to. The idea that there is a great UFO conspiracy and the government is hiding the truth is a narrative constructed by the government itself. Now, I know William S. our boy William Cooper uh, a boy, he kind of believed that in the end. Um, where, you know, he, all the things he's seen that he thought was alien crafts by the end of his life, he was believing was, uh, the government, but showing him that to trick him. Now, according to Pilkington, there's a secret group of people whom they call Mirage Men, uh, that either set up the sightings and or encourage the idea that there is an extraterrestrial life, uh, visiting Earth. One of the most effective and widespread methods of misleading people was by using movies. A classic example that Pickington points to is 1951's The Day the Earth Stood Still. It shows a realistic version of what would happen if aliens visited Earth, making an alien visitation a much more plausible scenario in people's minds. Pilkington also uh, shows that the movie was executive produced by Daryl Zanuck, who was associated with the CIA Psychological Strategy Board. The board was set up to promote American propaganda after World War II. Also, screenwriter Edmund North was formerly uh, with the military. The director, Robert Wise, became convinced there was alien life after visiting Washington uh, and talking to officials there. What is unclear is if any of the filmmakers knew they were making a film to deceive people or if they were just manipulated by the Mirage Men. I think in a situation like that with crossovers like that, I think the filmmaker side of it is they're really just trying to get a, a real movie, a real entertaining film out of it where it's entertaining but has some inside scoop to it. Um, there could be, in, in situations certain situations, there could be other agendas, I'm sure, where they're trying, okay, I want to make buddies and manipulate the world with these people, but I think for the most part, like it's a Kubrick deal where I know there's conspiracy with Kubrick with the moon landing and stuff. And, um, but I think that, you know, for the most part, it's just kind of getting it inside, peeling back the veal to kind of see what is behind there. You know, it's the unknown, you know, you know, this organization of secrets and if you're, if they're going to gift you the pleasure of being able to peel back the curtain, of course, you're going to want to know what's going down back, back there. You know what I mean? So with this one, yeah, I don't know, you know, Mirage Man, I assume there to be, if Alien Life was something that, you know, crafts were fake just to try and get people to believe it, I wouldn't be totally blown away. You know what I mean? It makes sense just as much as it doesn't make sense, you know, what I mean? that's how I look at it. Um, yeah. The Coop, like I said, the Coop believed that towards the end. Uh, the Coop got a lot of info on it throughout his years, so. He's seen more info on it than I think any of us will ever see, perhaps. You know, um, I can only speak for me and me and the four people I'm here with. You know, <laughs> we have myself, Alexander the Hawk but Butterfucco's here. Uh, he's still in rehabilitation, but we have a video of him, but no audio, unfortunately. But what's your take on this, hawk man?
0: Well, I mean, I would not be surprised. I mean, if um... The government thought it was easier to uh, kind of um, control people with the thought of aliens existing and doing these fake uh, UFO sightings and all that. Um, Yeah, I would not be surprised. I mean, right now, I mean, they supposedly declassified all these, you know, files showing that, yes, that we have been visited by unidentified flying objects, that the possibility of alien life visiting us is not only uh, possible but also proven by these, you know, uh, videos that they have. Of course, none of the videos are, like, extremely clear or, you know, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the thing is that I wouldn't be surprised if they did a whole thing with the idea of Area 51 and, and all that to give people belief and and kind of, I know definitely uh, uh, during the early uh, days of of Area 51 where, you know, I forget, what was that? The 50s, right? Yeah. The whole, yeah. I mean, during that time of uh, people, of course, you know, it was easier to get away with uh, you know, kind of Getting people scared and 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 um worried about what's happening if you know uh, with uh a possible alien invasion I mean you had world um war of the worlds that were done on on the radio and people thought it was actually happened that was actually a real news report, not just uh, a story Orson Wells was just spinning just for his own amusement. yeah so. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, yeah, I wouldn't put past the government if they thought that they could get some benefit by manipulating people into believing that aliens uh, do exist. And I have a hard time believing that there's no intelligent uh, life out in the millions of planets and all that. And But, of course, if they're smart enough to make uh, a spaceship to fly all those, you know... Uh, uh, all the way to us so they're probably smart enough to know that we're crazy enough to shoot them down if they actually did try to land so yeah I mean I would not be surprised I would say that yeah uh, government you know uh, having a group that its whole purpose is to make us believe that uh, aliens exist yeah I wouldn't be surprised
1: it is very tricky. I know that there's a very famous um, there's like transcript from an old, 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 old almost like Illuminati meeting. Meeting of the minds of the all powerful. And uh I forget who it is, I think it was a political figure said something along the lines of like if we wanted to get the power of everybody uh together. W- w- the best way to do it is to kind of uh, have have an enemy from the sky that we have to battle as a planet. It would bring everybody together, type deal. So even-
0: yeah, like Watchmen.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's probably where it came from. Yeah. So uh, we have Watchmen now. Watch Women. Uh, the Brittany Murphy deal. You know what I mean? Well, tell me a little bit. of... You, you remember Brittany Murphy, of course. She, you know she was that kind of. She was crazy beautiful, you know what I mean? She was, like, very crazy. She was beautiful, but she was very crazy. A little ditzy, her character-wise. I didn't know her personally, but I'm just trying to run down of her characters that she played, um, you know, because she played some really wild characters. Um, very sad when we lost her. I was sad when we lost her because she was super talented, Brittany Murphy seemed like a tortured soul from the get-go. You know what I mean? Like going all the way back. The first time I remember seeing her was, I think, Clueless. I think she was kind of like playing like an ugly duckling type character who was like a new friend of the group, I think, or something like that. Um, And then she kind of made it her own and became the Brittany Murphy we all know and love today. But, yeah, Lost her very tragic. Uh, You want to tell us a little bit about that? I have a few okay. facts, but I won't.
0: I won't tell them. I'll let you do your spiel first. Um, um, Brittany Ann uh better known as Brittany uh, Murphy, yeah. I can see why she changed her name. <laughs> uh, got her big break uh, playing Ty in the 1990s teen classic Clueless. Uh, she would go on to appear in other hit films, uh, films like Sin City and Girl Interrupted, and she was the voice of. Luan uh, Platter, on the television television show, King of the Hill. Tragically, uh, on the night of December 20th, 2009, Murphy was found unconscious on her washroom floor. She was taken to the hospital, but died a short time later. An autopsy said that she died of natural causes at the age of 32. Way too young. But uh, then two months after the autopsy, the medical examiner changed his ruling to multiple drug intoxication. Then five months after her death, Murphy's husband, 39-year-old Simon Monjack, died on May twenty third, 2010 from natural causes. The death of the young couple took a strange twist after a friend of theirs Julia Davis came forward with a bizarre tale. Davis was a former Customs and Border Protection agent who had discovered that 23 people from terrorist countries were all let in on the same day that Osama bin Laden had planned attacks in the United States. She let her supervisor know, and because of that she was branded a domestic terrorist. After being branded a terrorist, she was investigated four times, was subject to two Malicious prosecution's two false imprisonments and her house was raided by 27th Department of Homeland Security officers using a black helicopter. Where Murphy and Monjack play in the stories that Homeland Security claimed that Murphy had given them statements that backed up their allegations against Davis. However, Murphy adamantly denied giving those statements and gave her own sworn statement to her attorney's. After doing so, she was put on Homeland Security watch list. Then the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency was trying to deport Monjack. He, he was British. And he was arrested for having an expired visa. Also, just days prior to Murphy's death, Monjack told a reporter that he and Murphy were under surveillance from helicopters and their phones were tapped. Davis speculates that Murphy and Monjack were killed in order to silence her. Davis was cleared of all charges in 2010 and sees the subject of the documentary, Top Priority, The Terror Within, that was released in 2012. There's a lot more to that than I thought of. You know, I I, I
1: remember, like, she had a boyfriend or a husband or whatever, and I think he was kind of a skeezy dude. They both did drugs together. And she uh, she died of some type of like pneumonia, I, I, if I, I I thought it was. Um, I remember hearing stories of like mold in her house that got her like weird. There was a lot of kind of things floating around at that time. Um, but yeah, my take was mainly that I think uh, it was just kind of some drug addiction. I didn't know about that whole secret that terrorist stuff, which is pretty wild, um, which would make you believe that if you know. If they were being, you know, phone tapped and investigated and uh, you know, kind of spied on because of that, then yeah, I feel like if you were a, a drug addict, um, I think the paranoia that would come with that would probably cause you to do more droogs, make you more paranoid, um, and uh, some scary stuff. Because now it's you know you're entering a whole different world. You know, I think even at a cele- even when you're in- when you're a big celebrity. And you go, Okay, I'm uh, I'm I'm on top of the world. I can be like the Quaid Man and go into this restaurant and eat this meal, wipe my mouth with the fucking the dude's tie, throw it back in his face and walk out of there and I got a free meal mail on my hands, um, and go into hotels and stay and not pay and stuff like that. I think that there's a lifestyle like that. that kicks in and uh they're not used to you know, there's certain organizations like the government organizations that can go. Whoa, stop! Now you're now you're fucking with us. It's an issue for you now, and they realize, okay, this could be a deal. So it's very interesting about that terrorist tie. I never knew the terrorist aspect to it. Um, I think that's the real true conspiracy vibe to it. I think the, I thought the conspiracy it was going to flow with was going to be with um, the husband killed her which I, I think more so that I think it more so they were, I think more so they were drug addicts. And I think that she was kind of popping um, and he's just kind of a tag along or I think, I think he was one of those dudes that, well, you know, love was the only thing that actually kept those two together. I think there was no business ties. There could have been, but there was no, they weren't like in the, in the entertainment biz together, at least from what I've seen. So like, yeah, I think that he could have been a very my I thought the conspiracy was going to be more about this dude being very jealous and more worried about losing her so he kind of kept her in this weird depending on him state of addiction where almost like a, a pimp not that he was using her selling her for sex but in the aspect of like you know in a lot of those pimp situations they get the girls hooked on drugs and they keep feeding them drugs so it's more so you know, it, they they depend on them for everything. You know, we're eating somewhere to sleep, staying drugged up so they don't get sick. You know what I mean? I think uh it was more so one of those things. Cause I think that he probably felt any day now I'm going to lose her. You know what I mean? Uh, she's with this person, with that person. Uh any day now she's gonna think I'm a clown and go fucking go off with so and so and do that and the other thing and maybe they fought behind the scenes every now and then or maybe he got you know, maybe there was some truth to that and he was uh he seen his days were numbered so he, you know, got her hooked in. But from what I hear it was pretty rugged. Like they were they were almost shut in drug addicts by the end of it. I think that's why when the thing about their house being like mold in the house. Like I, when she died, I want to say the first thing I heard that she died of was an pneumonia, having pneumonia from some type of mold in her house. Do you remember much about when you heard she passed?
0: No, to be perfectly honest, um, I heard that she passed, and that was about all I really heard. I mean, I, I didn't really follow into it, and uh, I mean, of course, you know, I thought it was uh, extremely sad that someone that young, you know, uh, had passed. And I was, I heard about the drug issue, and I was like, and to be perfectly honest, I know it's it's terrible, but I didn't pay any attention after that because there's so many times that you hear about actors and actresses that you know they end up wrapped up in drugs and all that and it ends up you know getting to him sooner or later Yeah. and um, I just assumed that was the only part of the story and I just you know went on and you know my condolences to her, her, her and her family but I mean I didn't look into it further
1: than that. He died and he died three months later or three years later or something like that and, uh the same way with drugs. you know what I mean uh either either sadness or guilt or both you know what i mean uh it's one of those deals i kind there's no kind of i don't know I really feel like it's a weird year're when that when you're that person, whether you're being a bad guy and 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 wanting to ruin her or if you're you're trying to be i don't know and a and and in a time like that, when you're all fucked up, too, if you you, you you I guess you assume to see yourself as a good guy, supplying, helping supply and take care of her while she's fucked up and stuff. Uh, so it's a weird, yeah, it's definitely a weird vibe. You know what I mean? But uh, not to go too different, kind of the same along the lines of that, I'm going to jump into our next conspiracy, uh, of Hollywood, which was uh, the beloved Marilyn Monroe. I know that I don't like to talk too much about Marilyn Monroe because we dated for a short period of time back in the day. And it was, I'll always cherish that time. You know what I mean? For sure. It was good times. Now, the death of Norma Jean Mortensen, better known as Marilyn Monroe. I used to call her Norma Jean and she love it. Now, that's one of the most enduring tales from Hollywood. The official story that is her, a psychiatrist found her dead in the early morning hours of August 5th, 1962, uh, after Monroe's uh, housekeeper called him to the house. Uh, She was lying face down, nude in the bed. There were a number of empty pill bottles laying around her, and she had the phone in one hand, and it was ruled uh, probable suicide. They said that the psychiatrist was arrested for necrophilia later that evening. Almost 60 years later, people still have a problem with a number of inconsistencies in the story. For example, the psychiatrist says he found the body at around 3 a.m., but didn't place a call to the emergency line until 425 a.m. Uh, he was after later that day, he was uh, arrested for necrophilia. Secondly, <laughs> during the first search of the bedroom, no glass was found, and there was no water, uh, no water taps in the room for Monroe to ingest all the pills. Maybe she was snorting them up, going hardcore, tooting them, or boofing them, putting up her poop. Um, you know, the glass was only found during a secondary search of the room after it was noted that it was missing. That's kind of an interesting element to it—a glass, because a glass—it's like you're not going to find a glass under a bed. I guess maybe you could, but I mean a glass is right there on the fucking table mostly, you know what I mean? So it's like, if they, if it wasn't there originally, somebody may note that it wasn't there and that it was there very suspicious but the Monroe thing I think is very there, there's fucking red flags all over the Marilyn Monroe thing and there's a lot of people that she was fucking, you know for lack of a better term, in bed with, you know, in multiple ways um, the, the didn't like each other like the people she was fucking around with liked her uh or lusted her but hated the other people she hung out with it's a really weird really weird world her world must have been fucking crazy she she lived in a crazy world um now it's one of those deals you know what I mean you know they it was ru- rolled suicide homie you know what I mean Mm-hmm. but I don't know. I never believed the suicide thing. I think that was back in a the time they just said, she's not alive anymore. She's young. It's a suicide. <laughs> um, now, one of the oddest parts of the story is that apparently there was a visit from three men just hours before Monroe was found dead. Uh, a handyman working on Monroe's house, Norman Jeffries said that three men arrived at the house sometime between 9:30 and 10 PM. A neighbor, Elizabeth Pollard, also saw these three men, but says they were just at the house. Uh, they were just they were at the house earlier than Jeffrey said. One thing they did agree on was that one of the three men at the house that night was the attorney general, Robert F. Kennedy, who was, of course, brother of then president John F. Kennedy. Yeah, very interesting. Um, could, I have opinions, but I'll wait. Now, what the men did at the house is unclear. They ordered both Jeffreys and the housekeeper out of the house. Some theorists believe that it was during this time that Monroe was given an injection of uh, benthrobarbidol to the heart. The reason for the murder was to silence her. They believe that she was planning to reveal that she had affairs with both brothers during a press conference. Now, This one's big for me because I definitely believe she was killed. I don't think she killed herself off. If she did kill herself off, I think it's because they literally destroyed her fucking brain, destroyed her mind to the point where, and then encouraged it literally the situation of your garbage. You should be dead. Here's the gun. I'm, I'm putting the gun to your head in your hand. I'm putting this to your head right now. You should really just pull the trigger. You should really pull the trigger. You, you it's it's you know you're taking too long. You should really pull the trigger now. I think it's like that either like literally like that suicide, even though it was pills, um, or they just straight up did it for because it they didn't they didn't have time to waste. They had to catch the new fucking movie. Um, you know she was with both the brothers. She was with mafia people and the mafia in the in the and and the Kennedys weren't getting down at all. You know what I mean. Uh check out the Irishman if you don't want to read any books on the 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 the, the, the beef between the the fucking the politics and the, the mafiosos. Um but yeah I think that it was a very I think she was caught between there's also a theory that uh JFK brought her to Area 51 and showed her an alien and she was gonna spill the beans on that. There was that theory as well. Um, but yeah, this one's still, I, I'd love to hear more research on the Marilyn Monroe thing. But I do feel like Monroe, it, it was either, like I said before, they were like super hard on her, you know, and pre- pretty much forced her. You think about how terrible they could be to her. This is going back. This is before any of the cancel culture and, you know, unity of nowadays. This is, you know what I mean? These were unfortunately, these, these folks are really shitted on. And, um, yeah, like really bad news, you know, they could have held her down, like they said, and gave her the dose. Um, yeah, you know, her, Her, she was kind of just like, from what I gathered about her, I think everybody was like, I don't know, if, I assume partially willing, but. I just, everybody was kind of having romances with her you know what I mean, even at the same time, you know not well maybe even physically at the same time, but like you know she was dating multiple uh folks- you know important people at the same time, so like you know she's seen a lot of stuff she's shared have seen, and I definitely believe you know that they, they, they take her out the picture the Kennedys or. The Kennedys were something else to begin with, but uh, yeah, yeah, I never the the I never took the suicide. I always it was either heavily assisted or they did it. Um, But I always, I always, um, I always assumed I always pictured that situation to her be someone that was no longer happy with that relationship, and was saying talking a lot of trash threatening to do a lot of things and I think maybe in the past when you're dealing with people that aren't the president, I think that's not a that's something that's, that you can do and not get in trouble with in a relationship but I think when you threaten these things with the president with so much on the line and stuff I think it takes a whole new you know, a whole new place whole new position on whether or not you really need to be here or not and I think that when, when when they asked that question on her, they got an answer that she probably wouldn't have agreed with. But they all agreed on it. And uh, the move had to be made, unfortunately. I think that's kind of what happened on it. But you got any uh, last takes on
0: Marilyn Monroe? Well, no, not really. I mean, I agree with you that I really doubt that she took her own life. And the fact that, you know, she had been involved with so many – Powerful men and powerful men that uh, have no morals, I guess is the best way to say, that uh, if they thought she was going to spill the beans on anything that they thought would either ruin their reputation or make them look bad, even just among, like, their own little group. Yeah. I would not put it past any one of them to, you know, well, she has to go. And, and of course, without being there or being privy to what she might have heard, or it could be anything. It could be anything from, you know, her go, uh, threatening, uh, to tell, um, you know, JFK's wife that, you know, they had the, the affair or, or anything like that. I mean, it's and of course when you have powerful men who can just wave their finger and have anything happen and of course unfortunately a lot of people looked at melon Monroe as as you know the uh, as a party girl as the one that you have a good time with but is totally um, you know disposable you know so. If she wasn't going to play ball, wasn't going to do what they wanted her to do, I'm sure they have no no uh, problem with uh, giving her a little you know, shot in the arm to uh, get rid of the uh, problem.
1: Sure, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. Bill Clinton was the first president uh, in the media to be smashed and drugged through the mug for having an affair and uh, sleeping around and being a dog. And uh but he ain't the first president that's ever done that. He's just the first one that's been thrown across the media. I'd be willing to bet uh George Washington himself uh took them wooden teeth out to chew on some nipples that weren't his wife, you know what I mean.
0: Hey, Thomas Jefferson was, you know, was siring uh red headed children with his uh, his uh slave mistress. I mean Yeah. So I mean it's yeah, there's been so many... I mean, it's... Like I said before, when you have people that are in power and they believe that the, the rules do not apply to them, that gives them the, the unfortunately, the uh, the belief that they can do whatever they want and use who, whomever they want. And if whomever they want won't play by their rules... They will get rid of him.
1: You know, it's all crazy stuff and going like the Kubrick deal with the, the moon landing. We brought up a little beforehand, of course, um, faking it. You know, the signs all throughout the films and stuff like that after that. And I don't know if I believe in Kubrick faking the moon landing. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it came to be, but I don't really attest to that one. Um, but I attest to Kubrick being the man. And if anybody could do it, the Kubrick man can you know what i mean so for sure um i they in, in in more recent years they've been kind of picking apart his films and you know try you know like that room 237 i think where they kind of tried to debunk or kind of like find reasoning in every little crevice of the shining and pick apart every little thing which I don't know if I thought it was a good idea, you know what I mean? They said, you know, Kubrick did a lot of takes. He was m- a metac- fucking Metallica on film kid. He was like, you know, he was a dude that, you know, everything was perfect for him, you know what I mean? It was just a a situation where uh, if something's out of place in the movie, it's there for a reason. There's no need. For, he wouldn't have a mistake being there. But uh, who's to say, maybe every now and then you got to go with the mistake or a mistake looks good. Maybe put that mistake in there so see you new know people would talk about it. You know what I mean? Um, but very interesting. I think that whole deal is just more of, you know, peeling back the curtain, like we said before, where you get the inside scoop. But when you learn that stuff, Kubrick's a cool dude. People want to be friendly with him. They want to be remembered by Kubrick. So they tell him inside stuff. So it's very quite possible that he learned a lot of inside stuff. Um, you know, it goes back to Strange Love and Two Thousand One both, you know, those he had government ties to him, you know what I mean. Um yeah, just very weird. Uh I think it's just a how massive of a filmmaker he is, is why they kinda continue to tie him to that. But yeah, that was a that was a bangaranger episode, they say, of uh of the fucking of, of conspiracy Hollywood li- worlds. Now Alex, did you have a favor? If you had to pick one favorite of all the
0: conspiracy ones today, what would you pick? Do you have one? Hmm. I mean, the favorite out of them? Um that's a good question. Uh, trying to think. I enjoyed what? the Randy
1: Quaid one because the fact that there's celebrity whackers out there, people going around killing celebrities, I always find interesting facts in that. You know what I mean? that's
0: probably why I probably would have my fun. Yeah. I mean I'm gonna have to go with the murder of Ronnie Chasen for the fact that number one, I did not know anything about this. And number two is that who they 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 tried to the uh, who they pinned this on and all that and all the different things that just doesn't make sense about how they tried to, you know, tie this up. Uh, and you know there's a deeper story behind this. You know there's something else going on behind the scenes, and also you there, there's there's something a lot you know deeper and darker in that story. So it makes me want to you know go and try to find out more about the incident. Yeah. So uh, I gotta say out of all of them, that's the one that intrigued me the most.
1: I agree. The the Marilyn Monroe thing does too. uh, That's probably my my right runner up there because that's very interesting stuff and um, there's so much stuff to dive into. We could do a whole episode on that uh, one of these days on, uh, you know, another show or something. But we hope everybody here on the cast enjoyed this because that's why we do it. You know what I mean? This was a fun episode. It was a little... It was a little outside the box a little bit, a little conspiracy thought. it'd be, you know, We know we got people out there that like the conspiracy stuff. Uh, we made a call into the Boys of Behold the Pill podcast. We said, all right, guys, we're going to cross over a little bit today. But, you know, we don't want no men in black showing up at the house. We don't want no fucking celeb whackers showing up at me and the band's residences with beef. So we got the okay from them. They, get, they granted us. We'll give you one episode, but make sure that you call it. Behold the Pill, Cast, so people know. And shout out our show, Behold the Pill podcast, so people can go listen to us, too. And uh, we said, you know what? Boys, we can do that for you. Boombastic Media Love, doing a big unity, all of us doing a big. Together, we can show support to some other shows. So, yeah, maybe one of these days, we'll get those guys on the show, on the Cast and do an official mashup. What a world that would be. Uh, we want to send our love to Buddy Budafuco in rehabilitation for the drink. You know, stay strong out there. Keep saying your prayers. Take your vitamins. You know what I mean? Uh, stop the Vicodins. That was a problem. Drink water. Okay. And uh, we'll catch everybody else on the next episode of the Boom Bastic Cast. Peace. Awesome.